Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Single Father Podcast with your host, Father Deasy, where we talk about the joys and challenges of raising kids on our own. Join us for inspiring stories, practical advice, and a healthy dose of humor as we navigate the ups and downs of single fatherhood together. Follow us for the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and a community of fellow single dads. Relationships, parenting, mental health. Let's vent together. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Single Father Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Doniker, a.k.a. Father Deasy. Coming here to help make life a little bit more easy. All right, guys. Well, thank you for allowing me to vent with you today. Um, like I said, we're trying to get back up and running, going back to weekly episodes, giving you amazing content, hopefully some amazing guests, and hopefully some amazing stories I can share with you about my life and where it's going, where it's headed, and where it's been. You know, when we're talking about relationships on this podcast, sometimes it can get emotional. Sometimes I can speak about the love in my life, the hurt in my life, the challenges in my life. But most of all, I like to talk about the true family in my life, most of all. When it comes to the relationship with my daughter, I love to talk about that, specifically it being a single father podcast. I want to talk to you guys about my journey with this little girl. But I also wanted to talk about a holiday that we just had that's also been a little bit challenging for me with my family, and that would be Thanksgiving. You know, when my parents got divorced, celebrating holidays like this, Christmas, Thanksgiving, etc., you know, it wasn't really a big possibility. I remember every year when I was younger, our family got together, whether it was with extended family or with our own, we always got together and made this big, fantastic meal. It's like the meal you guys are imagining right now. Maybe for some of you, it's your favorite holiday. For me, it's Halloween. But you know that meal I'm talking about. I'm talking about the home-cooked meals, the, the uh, macaroni and cheese, the turkey, the freshly baked ham, the stuffing, all of the favorites that you have on Thanksgiving. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about that. And by the way, I'm ethnic. I come from an ethnic background, African-American. So the food that comes my way on Thanksgiving, mwah, it's amazing. No offense to anyone who's not ethnic. I'm just saying it's been my experience that uh, some of you don't season your food. But with my family, it was absolutely amazing. When my parents got a divorce, it was almost kind of like uh, an episode of Game of Thrones. It was a, like a choose-a-side type of thing. One side went with house mother. The other side went with, went with house father. Me, myself, I kind of leaned towards house father. And for anyone who's been following me for quite some time knows the reasons why. But then, shortly after that, it was kind of house on my own. And for many, many years, I didn't celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving or any other big holiday with any of my family, let alone even really myself 
And what I mean by myself is I chose not to celebrate it even when I was alone because I just had no one to celebrate it with besides myself, if that makes sense. So each and every holiday, Thanksgiving, year after year, it wasn't celebrated, especially within our family. After my family got a divorce, it was a very fractious environment. And anything that anyone would try to do to fix it, when it came close to the holidays, intentions and feelings were rising, it could never be fixed. Now, a couple of years ago, four years ago to be exact, I had a daughter. And one of the best things about having my daughter is I felt I had the chance finally within my grasp to have a family once again. Get back to those old traditions. Get back to the things that I loved within my family. I thought, I, I mean, I raised my daughter in the air like Mufasa from The Lion King. And I thought this was my ticket, my key to getting my family back together. And if not that, then making a family of my own. But shortly after that, I fell into what seems to be like a hereditary type of curse within my family. And unfortunately, her mother and I ended up breaking up. And that dream I had for a family to get back to the way things were, they ended with the signature of a finger by a judge. And with that, so did all of my ambitions to get back to the way things were. When my daughter was one years old, on Thanksgiving, really wasn't celebrated. I mean, hey, she was one, right? No reason to technically celebrate that. The only thing she's e eating is baby food. When she was two, yeah, I had some family around, but it wasn't Thanksgiving. It wasn't celebrated. When she was three, I didn't even have her for Thanksgiving. She was with her mother. This podcast is sponsored by Keys AI. Guys, if you're single or struggling with dating, I think you're going to be very interested in what I have to say next. If you've ever used a dating app, you know that they're a huge pain. But what if I told you that there was a virtual wingman that worked on every dating app? That's exactly what the guys over at Keys AI have built. Keys AI is your virtual wingman that suggests exactly what to say to land your next match. I've used Keys AI on Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, and let me tell you, it is an absolute game changer. I won't even use dating apps without it now. If you want to start getting more dates immediately, then download Keys AI for free at thekeys.ai or search Keys AI in the App Store. Guys, what are you waiting for? Download this app today. Now my daughter's four. And we all grown a little bit. And as house mother was so much out of the picture, house dad and house myself was still very much in the mix. We bonded. He had a daughter. A new one. I have my daughter. And this year, my grandmother, my nana, she comes to me and says, just like every year, I'm not going to celebrate it. 
but me, your uncle, and his kids, we're all going to the buffet for Thanksgiving. We're going to go to a buffet and, and just enjoy ourselves for Thanksgiving, right? I said, that sounds great. Hey, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving in our family anymore. I'll come with you. But then I asked my dad what he was doing. He said, uh, no, I got no plans. I asked his mom, my grandmother, what she was doing. She said she has no plans. Those are the only family that lives in town, right? And then I saw an opportunity. I could have gone to the buffet with my nana and my uncle and probably had a good time with my daughter since I had her for Thanksgiving this year. Or I could do something different, something unheard of within our family. I could bring our family together. So I decided to do just that. I called my Nana. I said, cancel your plans. You're coming over my house. I called my uncle. I said, cancel your plans. I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year. I called my dad and I said, you have somewhere to be. You're coming over my house. I called my grandmother. I said, guess what? You have somewhere to be. You're coming over my house. Went to, think, went to Costco, got a whole bunch of stuff for Thanksgiving. And then I Googled, or, or should I say, went on YouTube and learned how to cook a turkey, how to warm some of these things up, how to, how to serve a proper Thanksgiving dinner. I cleaned my house immaculately. This was important to me. This would be the first time in, God, I mean, I don't know, maybe eight years that my family could be together. All of us together. In our own way, you know? So I get all this stuff together, and then comes Thanksgiving. I bought eggnog, I bought beer, I, got, I bought wine, I bought apple cider, I bought turkeys, groni, everything that I loved from when I was younger, I bought it. I got it. I wanted everything to be how it was when I remembered it. And then came the big day. My family. My family comes over and we instantly just start laughing. And <laughs> And enjoying ourselves and talking amongst ourselves. I had the Christmas Day parade showing in my living room. I had everything together on the tables. I had little snacks, little a charcuterie board that I put out on my table so everyone could snack on it while, while things are getting together. My Nana comes over, realized that I had one turkey ready and the other one that was far, and I mean far from actually being done. I tell her, I'm, Nana, oh my God, I'm, this, I, this can't be. Everyone's counting on me. I, I didn't, she's like, don't worry, give me a pan. This is, this is a true, a, bl uh, a, a black woman trick right here. Um, I feel like, no offense, and I, I really mean this, no offense, but I feel like only, a black, only a, a, an old school black woman could think of this. She says, don't worry, give me a pan. I'll have it done in no prime. I give her a pan. She puts some butter in the pan, and she starts cutting the turkey with a long knife, a serving knife, right? She starts cutting the turkey, 
puts some and cuts it into individual pieces, put those pieces on the pan. She starts cooking the turkey in real time. She says, it'll be ready in 10 minutes. Get the rest of the stuff ready. I said, oh my God. She saved me. I wouldn't have known how to to do that. I would have just put it back in the oven and say, sorry, uh, we're going to extend it another two hours, I guess. But no, she saved me. She saved my Thanksgiving. And then something amazing happened. There was absolutely no problems. Everyone's laughing. I have a VR headset. Everyone's playing VR. We're playing Uno. We're drinking eggnog. We're getting drunk. We're having a great time. My daughter's happy. My daughter stuffs her belly. She falls asleep. Everyone says how cute she is. My cousins are over. I'm playing with them and learning new things about Nintendos and things like that. Everyone's pleasant. Everyone's happy. And we shared some really beautiful memories that day. But no one was more happier than me. Because for the first time in many, many years, I got to celebrate Thanksgiving with my family. And believe me, it was a fractious family. I would have loved my siblings there. I would have loved my mother there. Maybe in another world, I would have loved my daughter's mother there. I would have loved to have a significant other there. But I had my family with me. And that was good enough for me. And what I realized is I don't need, I don't need anyone specific to make me feel like I have a family. I just need a handful of very few to give me that feeling. And I realized at the end of the day, my daughter is all the family that I need. Because I think when it really comes down to it, I didn't get everyone together just because I think I did it for my daughter to give her the memories I was missing, to give her those moments that I loved and I cherished from when I was younger, to her, for her to think of the macaroni and cheese, the turkey, the food. I have no doubt that she would get that at her mom's house. But I wanted her to get it with me too. I wanted to share those moments with her and for her to share them with me. I wanted her to feel like she has a family. And it was a beautiful time. Now, I wish I could end it there. However, much like any other family, there are the things that you wish were different, the things that disappoint you, the things, the emotions that come up, the irritatements, the, the bad part about your family, I should say. This one is a little difficult for me. For many years, my uncle has always been the type of person that can really, well, he can really grind your gears. He's a very macho man's man, but he doesn't show that subtly. He very much shows it with great extravagance and on a grand scale. 
He wants to let you know of his macho-ness, of his manlyhood, of his don't-fuck-with-me behavior. It's not thuggish, but it's very in-your-face. He's a type of man that you would think potentially is a little bit of a narcissistic. He's very self-absorbed and, and uh, at times arrogant. And I don't mean to speak any badly about my family, but I want to give you guys the context to his personality. I love him very much, but throughout my life, I can only speak the truth. And the truth is that I've always been somewhat intimidated by him because of this. Because that type of personality, that very in-your-face persona, it illuminates, right? You can think he's a larger-than-life character, but when people say larger-than-life, I don't know if they always mean it in a good, good way. I think that can also mean in a bad way as well. And I'm not saying his persona was necessarily good or bad, but I will say that his persona was very much intimidating. It made you uneasy. It made you very tenacious. It gave off a very tenacious nature about being around him or with him. It was always known within my family that he's a bit of a hothead. And, and to be quite honest, there's always been known there has been a mental health issue in our family. Now, who has it? Or You can speculate all day long, but it's a known fact. With my uncle, for many years, there's been a very tenacious relationship with him and I due to his persona and also due to some things that my mom has said about him in the past, too. And nothing crazy the way you think, but, you know, I remember when I was younger, and I don't remember the context, but him and my mom had a very big fight. And I remember her telling me that she was quite afraid of him. You know, he was quite, she was quite fearful of him. And I remember being young, and it's one of these key moments in your life that you just remember because it kind of haunted you. It was nothing sexual or any of that nature, abuse that she was referring to, but it was mostly just fear, intimidation. I remember I was laying in bed with my mother, mother when I was young, watching TV. And then we heard a knock at the door. She looked who it was and didn't answer. And then we heard the door open. He walks in the door, goes halfway up the stairs. And him and my mom have this verbal argument. But I remember she specifically told him, do not come any closer. I remember my uncle's face thinking, I mean, I can see it clearly in his face, thinking that she was being ridiculous. I remember how baffled he was with my mother's behavior or reaction to his presence. But I, to be quite honest, I was so young, I, I don't really remember the context of what was being presented to me. I remember after that, there were many years I didn't speak to my uncle. Mostly because of my mom's um, wishes, I guess, you, would, you could say, or influence on me. 
I was very protective of my mother back in the day, and I knew that whatever that was, I felt that he was wrong. Now, again, anyone who's followed this podcast for a while, you know that now I have a very tenuous relationship with my mother. I see her very differently. And when I think about that day, I think about how my mother reacted. And I think about my uncle's face and how he thought that she was being ridiculous. They often say truth and madness lie in the same stream. I don't know what was said that day. I don't know what was done. And to this day, I don't know who was wrong. To be fair, I'm not sure if it was, I don't know if it was that much of a big issue. But for, I do know that for many years, I didn't speak to my uncle after that. After a while, him and I reconnected. I think when I was a teenager, is when we started to reconnect more. He started opening up to me about a lot of things. And it was really when my parents got divorced that he really became very involved in telling me all the things that I needed to know. Some things about my mother, some things about my father, some things about my biological father, and some things about maybe the way she acted when she was younger. And I don't want to go into it all as of right now. I've mentioned it on previous episodes, but there are a lot of things that my mother has done and that people have told me that makes me, needless to say, very disappointed. And throughout that process, I reconnected with my uncle and about many things. He introduced me to my love of comics, my love of superheroes, my love of collectibles and fantasy movies and animated cartoons. One of his favorites were Batman the Animated Series, and I loved it. He gave me a whole bunch of CDs to watch with him. And it felt so awesome just connecting with someone on a nerdy level. They always say a girl doesn't go, go for a nerd, and I had really, not only that, but I had no friends around me to nerd out with. He introduced me to one of my favorite shows of all time, Smallville. It's about how Superman was raised before he became Superman. My favorite show. I really bonded with him. But the other thing is, every time I was around him, see, I bonded with him in person. And, and I mean, I bonded with him over the phone. But in person, it's like riding a bike almost in, in person. It was like he brought me right back to that tension. He brought me right back to feeling uncomfortable, to feeling uneasy. Every time he'd give me a hug, he'd smack my back. You know how you give a hug and you, smack, you pat someone's back? You would smack it with the force of Zeus. Every time I spoke to him, he would make me come out in the backyard with him and, and he, while he had a cigarette and I hated the smell of smoke. He had a very commanding presence in his house and yeah he's a man of his house right but it was you could tell it made everyone feel uneasy i hated it now my nana again for anyone who's listened to me for a very long time know that my nana is like my mother she's my, she's my mom's mom my uncle's mom 
but she really took me in after my parents got a divorce. She adopted me, got me through high school, put me up in college. Like she's my mother. You know, she's protected me, guided me. And it's kind of true what they say that well, when she took me in in high school, I was a very angry, angry child. And I was such an asshole. I was angry at the world, angry at my parents, angry at everything. I had so much regret how I treated her during that time. Every teenager does. But I regretted it. I love her so very much, but I'm very protective of her. She's my Nana uh, is a very sensitive person. She comes from a very, she's an impressive woman. But she comes from a very um, deeply black-rooted cultural background that's um, consistent with racism and discrimination and um, uh, a degrading aspect towards women. You know, she puts herself on a high standard when it comes to being a woman and being a woman of color. But she's also very def but she's also very uh, defensive and sensitive you know um so but i'm very protective of her because i always said if there's one person in this world that i know for certain loves me to be honest as of right now even more than my daughter i know that even more than my own little girl that she loves me more than anyone on this earth I'm not even, and, and hear me on that, I'm not even sure if my daughter loves me as much as my Nana loves me. I know that that woman loves me. She would do anything for me. You ever have a family like that? Where you know that no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, there is nothing you could ever do that would ever come between your guys' love. She loves me. Just like how I love my daughter. And I know that because the love she feels for me, I feel for my little girl. I say that because once and for all, I have to explain. This woman is my mom. And for many years, I would see my uncle come up and treat my Nana with somewhat of a misguided disrespect. And I hated it. I hated it because it wasn't, it was very, it's a type of disrespect that you don't even know that you're doing it. But yet everyone sees it. I would see him come up and visit, visit my Nana's house. My Nana has, you know, a, a one bedroom, uh, you know, senior apartment. And she has a pull-out, she has a pull-out uh, uh, couch, pull-out mattress couch. So every once in a while, I'd see the whole family sleep on the on the pull-out couch, and I'd see my nana sleeping in her bed. But more often, I would see a pillow and a blanket spread out in her closet, and I'd say, "Nana, what what is this?" And she's like, "I sleep in the closet when they're here." And my Nana would brush it off aside, like, oh, no, 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 I don't, it doesn't bother me. But it, oh, what the fuck, it bothered me. Oh, but, but I thought she was joking. There's no way my Nana actually sleeps in the closet. But then I started noticing it more and more. Year after year, 
year after year, multiple times a year, this woman would sleep in the closet. And the older my Nana got, the more it started to bother me. I'm like, she's a 66-year-old woman. She's a 70-year-old woman. And this year, I'm like, she's a 72-year-old woman sleeping in a fucking closet. I remember a couple months ago, I, I started to talk with my uncle about the way he is treating my Nana and this and that, not giving her this and blah, 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 that. And I remember he got so defensive at me. And we didn't talk for maybe like two months. But this time, this year, where I wanted everything to be perfect and my Nana saying how sad she is about, you know, uh, her, the, the state of her family and things like that. This year, I think it just boiled up and boiled up and boiled up where I couldn't take it anymore. I started with Thanksgiving. I asked him to be at my house by one o'clock. I called him beforehand because, hey, black people are always late. Okay, <laughs> I get it. But I called him beforehand and I said, look, man, I really need you to be here by one. I need my Nana to help me with this turkey. I said, okay, no problem. He didn't come from maybe like 1.45. My Nana tells me he was just laying down on the couch and took a, took a long, long shower. And that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. The personality trait. Everything revolves around him. He comes over my house. Like I said, everything was perfect. I let it go. But the next day, my Nana calls me, practically crying about him putting her down in front of the kids, things like that, and asking her for some money after he gambled and, and um, her sleeping in the closet. And I think I just had it at that moment, you know? I think I just said, look, this is, this is it. Now, have you ever been so afraid to talk to somebody, even as a grown man? I'm 27 years old, but even I kind of, I don't tell my dad everything, right? And what I mean by that is I don't tell him everything I feel. I mean, we don't have that type of emotion thing, right? And so I was. there's so much tension between me and my uncle sometimes. But I called him. And I say, hey, Uncle Matt. Like, you can't be having Nana sleep in a closet. Next time, come stay with me. No problem. LOL. I texted him that at first. Then he calls me. My heart races. Because I already knew. So I took a deep breath, and I said, you know what? I'm 27 years old. I'm a man. So I answered the phone. He says, hey, man. What was up with that text? I said, hey, man, well, you know, Nana's been telling me that she's been sleeping in a closet. Next time, stay with me. He says, yeah. So you telling me what? Like, are, are you trying to come at me in some way? I said, no. I'm looking out for your mother. My mother. I don't appreciate that she sleeps in the closet. He said, oh, really? So what? You... You, you criticizing me? Are you, you trying to teach me a lesson here or what? I said, look, man, relax. All I said was the next time, stay with me. 
I got a two bedroom, big ass condo here. He's like, you didn't offer us to stay with you, did you? And I said, no, but I, hey, I just didn't think you'd let Nana sleep in a closet. He's like, did you even know that I didn't know that she slept in the closet? And I said, look, man, I, it's, I don't see how you didn't know she's been doing it for years. Every time you come. And he said, well, where else are we going to sleep, Kendall? And I said, I don't know. But I just didn't expect a 72-year-old woman, your mother, to be sleeping in a closet on the floor. Silence. He said, all right, man. So what you trying to say? And I said, please don't ever have my Nana sleep on the closet again. He said, let me repeat what you just said. You said, don't you ever let my Nana sleep on the closet again. I said, no, 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 buddy. You're just, you're emphasizing it. I said, please don't have her sleep on the closet again. And he said, you know what? And I said, look, before, what, listen, before you say whatever you're about to say, I've heard it so many times before in so many different ways and so many different fashions from this family. And it's fine. I'm just looking out for your mother, my Nana. And if you don't appreciate that, then say what you got to say. But I stand by what I said. He says, guess what? You don't have an uncle. Hangs up the phone. And you know what? It really didn't bother me. I mean, in some way it bothers me, I guess, because I have to be bothered by it because it's my family. But I'm going to say something to you guys that I don't think I really would say to a lot of people just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't really have a value for family like you guys might. And it sounds weird, but maybe in some way you can kind of interpret what I'm saying. I don't really value family in the way you might think. My family. My family. My family has always been fractured. My family has always been broken. My family has always been conditional love, not unconditional. My family has always been defensive, critical, hurtful, painful. And at, at a certain point, I think you say, my family. I don't want any more of my family. I want my own family. A family of my making. A family of my choosing. An unconditional love. My family. That's what I want. So at the end of the day, after he hung up, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really care. And it was because my family 
I don't know if I ever really cared that much about my family. Because they haven't been my family in quite some time. And that may sound however it sounds. But I'm going to be honest, it's the truth. And I may reword that differently down the line. I may change the verbiage of that down the line. But when it comes down to it, through and through, at the heart of it, that is my truth. My Nana, she's amazing. She holds a lot of things together in our family. She brings people together. She helps people. She's kind. She's loving. She values family. And she would be disappointed to hear me say that, but, but it's not really my family. I feel like I'm trapped in my family, itching to get out, influenced by the behaviors of my dad, who was horrible to my mom, influenced by my mom, who was manipulative and deceiving, influenced by my uncle, who was Bold, arrogant, and tentious. Influenced by my Nana, who's strong, but easily hurt. And I just want to get away. Now, I will tell you that my family, my daughter, my Nana, my dad, my grandma. I love them all. But when I think about my family, I think about the one I have yet to build. So yeah, that's my family. The fractured unorganized, hurtful, conditional loved family. But it is my family. I just hope I build a new one one day. Now look, in truth, I did a lot of venting with you guys today. I don't know if that's how I really feel or if that's how I feel now. I don't know if those are my true words or just the words I've chosen to choose. I don't know if that's the way my heart feels or just the way my heart beats. But I can only say what the truth feels right now. And that's my truth. And that's my family.
With that being said, I hope all of you out there had an amazing Thanksgiving. And I hope that whatever family you have, whatever thing you're going through or whatever family member is challenging your thoughts or breaking your heart, I hope that you get to build the family that you want to build. Keep the family that you want to keep and distance yourself from the family that needs distancing. I hope that love finds you. I hope that peace surrounds you. And I hope that comfort consumes you. I hope that you're happy. And to all the people who are allowing me to vent with you today, I hope that we can vent together again soon. All right, guys, that's the episode. I didn't have time to get to the questions part of the episode today, but we will do that next week where I will answer all of your questions that you might have for me. Listen, if you guys want a guaranteed question, by the way, there's a section of our podcast called Mailbag. Mailbag we do at the end of every podcast episode, and I'll answer some of the questions that get brought in to us. And you can do that by emailing me at hello at ventpack.org. And in the subject line, type mailbag and just type the question that you want to be read on the show. If you want a guaranteed answer to your question, if you want a question guaranteed to be read on the show, then join our Patreon. It's the price of a cup of coffee, just about five bucks a month. It's uh, patreon.com slash the single father podcast. Make sure you join the Patreon and you'll have your question guaranteed to be answered as long as it's, you know, somewhat appropriate. Um, I will guarantee I'll answer that on the show and I'll do a little shout out for you at the end of the show as well. Um, or if you just want to take your chance and ask some casual questions, you can just email me with the mailbag. Uh, if you want an opportunity to vent with me on the show, if you want to be a guest and have a little venting session together, if you have a family member that you want to talk about with me on the show, well, guess what? You can do that. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash the single father podcast and join with the tiers where you'd be able to vent with me on the show. And I look forward to venting with you very, very soon. Make sure to follow us on social media, which is just pretty much everywhere. The Single Father Podcast, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Um, eventually, um, you know, I'm not sure the time frame on it, but eventually I'll be doing video podcasts where I'll be uploading those to YouTube. So make sure you stay tuned for behind the scenes content, etc. And uh, guys, just thank you for supporting me. Um, most of all, be sure to like, subscribe, share, leave a review. It really helps, allows us to, you know, uh, bring more content on the show, gain more no notoriety, get more guests, um, create better episodes for you. Um, if you just want to support the podcast again, go to our Patreon, just to be a supporter. Um, if any of this resonated with you, let me know, damn me, follow us on socials, follow us on the podcast. I look forward to venting with you guys very, very soon. So, with that being said, I don't think I'm missing anything. You guys have a great holiday. And um, I guess I'll be giving you the details after Christmas. We'll see how that goes. Until next time, I'm Kendall Doniker, Father Deasy. Bye-bye. The Single Father Podcast with Kendall Doniker is a weekly show that explores the joys, challenges, and triumphs of being a single dad. 
Join us as we share stories, offer advice, and provide support to other single fathers. Follow us to stay up to date on new episodes and to connect with other single dads in our community. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review.